Hello, you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm your host, Angel, and this week's Indie Spotlight starts now. All right, so this is for the week of 4-7, which is April 7th, um, and I've got three cool books to go over. Now, as always, the rules are, just review the books, my own opinion, no one else's opinion, um, and I'll never shit on books, so uh, I know how hard it is for creators to put a book together, to actually put a creative team together, put their heart and soul into something, and then have people just crap all over it, um, who might not even understand the process. So that's not my goal. My goal is just to share what I've read. If it's not for me, it's not for me, but I believe there's always something out there for somebody. So let's dive right into it really quick. All right, so we got three books. The first one is called Tankers, and it's the second title from a new publisher called Bad Idea. Um, now, they're pretty cool because they've, they've just come out of the woodworks. You've got people that have been in the industry for a while. I think most of them are from Valiant Comics or have had some kind of relationship with Valiant. Um, and they've decided to do their own publishing uh, company. Um, and they've got some, some wacky rules for uh, the comic shops, which actually some of them are pretty cool where they don't allow you to buy more than one issue of each. So they just really try to put a hold on that speculator market that comes in to buy like five copies. Um, it also gives them a more accurate print run as well, or for orders and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's one of their wacky rules that I actually agree with. Um, but, yeah, you've got to check them out. So their first book was called ENIAC. The second issue of ENIAC came out this week as well, but I already reviewed it, gave you my review on that. Um, but let's dive into Tankers. So this is written by Robert Van Ditty, art by Juan Jose Rip, uh, the color by Andrew Dalhouse, and letters by Dave Sharp. Um, so straight off the bat, this book's pacing is remarkably quick. So the basic premise of this book is that we are, uh, I want to say current time, or within, the, and when I say current, it's anywhere between 20 and 23, 30 years into the future, till, till now, whatever it is. And uh, you got this big oil company um, meeting that's going on in the very beginning, and they're pretty much saying that the reserves for oil worldwide would be depleted within the next 50 years. So instead of trying to convert to clean energy or some other energy source, the solution, believe it or not, is to time travel back to when the dinosaurs existed before the meteor struck and use a photon cannon, particle cannon, to move the path of the comet or asteroid, allowing the next 50 million years to keep evolving through so that they have 50 more million years of crude oil that they can have be developing which would bring them to another century in current time of, of oil yeah it was really far out there um and by the second page you were already talking about time travel and by like maybe page four they were already doing it which was fantastic so the pacing of the book is but it's it's not ridiculous pacing it, it the the steps that um i guess robert was taking they, they make sense um and in the big picture i look at this book i step back it kind of reminded me of uh Jurassic Park meets uh, the, ro the the machines from Avatar, those big uh, tanker machines that they were um, using to kill the uh, Avatar people. Um, yes, because as soon as they land in prehistoric times, they're back to back to back. I think the team had like five or six people, and they're just, it's blood and guts of dinosaurs all over the place. So they can basically set up camp for the scientists to come in, use the particle cannon uh, to move uh, the asteroid before it hits, and then travel back to present time 
so that they can take advantage of what they've done. Um, so everything goes off without a hitch until you get to the very end where it leaves you on a cliffhanger where they do travel back um, to present time, but it's not what they expected. So they actually ended up in some kind of jungle area because they didn't uh, calculate for the rotational um, spin of the earth. So they actually ended up um, not where they took off, but they were back in present time. Unfortunately, they were surrounded by these huge as evolved dinosaurs. And then that's where it ends. So I'm pretty sure I know where it's going to go from there. They just effed everything up. But really cool. I mean, the art's great. The storytelling's um, fantastic as well. Um, these guys have, you know, they've spent nice dollars because the cover on this is that heavy cardstock, which is fantastic. Um, and yeah, every, like they, they got the right team on it because everything from the art to the colors to the writing, they, they mesh up really well with one another. There's no clashing anywhere. Um, but I really enjoyed this book. So I believe this one's a bi-monthly. That's the only downside. So we've got to wait another uh, two months before we get the next issue. And I believe it's four issues. So we're looking at eight months of investment for four issues. But pretty as hell, really cool story. I mean, I, I think it's something I've never would have thought of myself. Um, and when I heard the concept, I was just like, there's no way it's going to work. But you know what? Yeah, it works. Tankers from Bad Idea. Check them out. All right, moving on to the next one. So we've got uh, from Image Comics, uh, Geiger. So this one's written by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Um, creators, uh, Gary Frank on the art. I mean, you can't go wrong because it's Gary Frank on the art. So it's a beautiful looking book. Um, colorist is uh, Brad Anderson and letters by Rob Lee. So yeah, the, uh, for issue one, it's, it's a lot of world building here on it. But the basic premise is, is there's been a nuclear fallout. So someone actually started or sent nukes but no one knows uh who actually started it so you had nuclear fallout through the world so uh there's people that are just walking around in hazmat suits all over the place i guess looking for other survivors or or that ordeal so you have two guys that are um by this crater i guess that where there was an impact from a missile um just having a talk and i guess they're out scouting for um supplies and stuff um, and so they're down for the night and they're, I guess, sharing stories about the glowing man and the glowing man is basically the backstory is what you get from this particular guy, um, who had a family before the whole nuclear fallout, um, takes them into a bunker basically to protect them. Um, and before he can get into the bunker, he's shot by, uh, two other people, uh, a man and a woman, I'm assuming they were husband and wife. Um, to try to um, get into the bunker before them. So he ends up telling his wife to go into the bunker, close it out, seal it, um, and then all of a sudden the big nuclear explosion comes through, and that's the last you hear of him until we go into the future. Don't remember how long it is. I believe, I want to say it's been a couple decades. So 20 years later, yep. Um, and you have uh, these guys um, walking through... Um, what looks like a wasteland trying to find additional supplies and then they come up against this big wall of just like crushed garbage and cars and seals and lo and behold it's the guy that they've been talking about um that comes out so he actually does glow um it's, it's really freaky but i mean yeah it's it's not a lot of moving the story along as far as what we understand um, but it, it's a good setup for what should be coming. 
So basically, you have this guy who's been living by himself without his uh, family um, because it's dangerous out the, uh, in the world. So the radiation still exists, but he doesn't have to have a hazmat suit. So where everyone else is protected by a hazmat suit, he's walking around just in a cloak and um, just waiting for the radiation levels, I guess, to go down because we see him at the very end just holding onto the door where his uh, family went 20 years ago and hoping that he can open the door one day um, for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it actually takes place in uh, like the Vegas area. So basically you have these five or six crime lords that have taken over the Vegas Strip. So the, the main person is called the King, I believe. Um, and he's in the uh, Camelot Hotel. So he has that whole area and then there's like four or five other uh, big crime lords. So they want, um, the king actually wants the head of this radioactive dude who's been killing off the people that he's been sending out to get supplies and stuff like that. So it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I mean, it's a beautiful looking book and, you know, Jeff does some great stuff with uh, storytelling. Um, so it's worth checking out. I'm probably not doing it justice with uh, the breakdown, but it, it, like I said, it's right now it's just building up where we are. So you got a guy lost his family from this nuclear fallout. We don't know how the explosion affected him um, and if he has any additional powers other than um, glowing. So I'm looking forward to, to the next couple of issues. So I'm definitely going on um, with that one as well. So check it out. Geiger from Image Comics from Jeff Johns and uh, Gary Frank. Yeah, cool stuff. All right, cool. Uh, all right, last book on the docket. We have... Uh, all right, so I have to be honest. When I was reading the first couple of pages of this, I actually rolled my eyes because I thought it was a Superman Doomsday kind of ripoff. Um, so Project Patron from Aftershocks Comics. So this is written by Steve Orlando. Uh, artist is uh, Patrick, I'm going to butcher his name, Piazza Lunga. I'm assuming he's Italian. Uh, Carlos Lopez and then Thomas Maurer is the letterer. Um, yeah, so the first couple of pages, you have this this nostalgic feel of Superman versus Doomsday, and then even ending the same way where both creatures die. So where Superman and the Doomsday character die. They're obviously not called that, but you know, I said, all right, you know what? I almost put it down because I was like, there's no way I'm reading just a ripoff of Superman. So as you continue through and you read through the story, you actually find out because after uh, the Doomsday character died and uh, the main protagonist, the uh, patron, um, died, three days later, the patron rose, which is where I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, this is Superman all over again. However, as we read along, we get to find out that the patron, the real patron, actually did die. So the UN, I believe government officials, got together and they created this, uh, they call it a reploid. So I would think it's an avatar, some type of uh, cyborg that's cre uh, controlled by pilots uh, in the underground. And so the patron, actual patron, is dead. So they have this patron project where these different um, people control patron for different scenarios. So you have this huge guy who, you know, is responsible for battles. Um, you have other people that are part of, like, tactics. You have other people that are part of intelligence, other people that are part of uh, publicity and stuff like that. So they'll, they'll handle patron in the, uh, the different scenarios. Um, so that he has those different types of personalities 
for those different scenarios. So, yeah, when, when they got to that, I was like, holy crap, I did not see that coming. Um, because, obviously, the public can't tell right now. Um, and you have one main commander who's responsible for the team and, for the most part, has the most missions. Now, the other catch is that the more that they pilot this patron Reploid, um, the more sick the pilots actually become. So they're actually taking time off of their life. They understand the sacrifice, and they're doing it for their, I guess, overall better good of mankind um, to have the patron as a symbol uh, to help there. So, yeah, it's not explained yet as to, you know, how they got the science. So for me, it's always like, all right, I want to think logically, but I also know that it's a comic. So my only question is, is if they had the ability to build something as powerful as patron, um, why would they have done it before, um, even when Patriot was around? But that's just me. Maybe they didn't have the technology, maybe they didn't need it, or, or see the need for it. That could be it as well. Um, so basically, yeah, so you get to meet all the new characters, and then you have one new pilot that's being brought in, and I believe he's the one that's going to be handling like public relations and stuff like that in front of the, the, the TV. So he'll be that character. And then you get to meet the other characters throughout um, the book, um, and what their specialty is. Um, and then towards the end, it's really emphasized how the commander is, is really the core of the group. Um, and you find out two things at the end. The new recruit is actually some sort of, uh, he's been sent in from the UN to, I guess, spy on his uh, fellow teammates to make sure that, um, I believe that the project goes off without a hitch and that there's no vulnerabilities in regards to um, the, the, the patron itself because it could be a very it could be a, we a weapon of mass destruction um, so I, we don't know completely what his motives are but yeah it's it's definitely something where he's watching everybody else and collecting information um, for who specifically we don't know yet um, if there's just one person and then at the very end we find that the commander has been killed so yeah so him being the core part of that group it's going to send probably the team into a disarray um, and now that team has to come together and try to figure out what happened to the commander as he's the one that's been the primary pilot for uh, the Reploid, for the patron. So yeah, so where I rolled my eyes in the beginning, writer got me right back into it and with a, a, a left turn that I wasn't expecting. So kudos to you, Steve Orlando, for doing that. Um, art is, is really great. Um, colors, I, you know what, it's, it's, not, it's more of like this matted, um, finish on the colors and I really like that so it works really well with uh, the storytelling here so uh, th this creative team that, that got together for this particular book yeah um, it's good stuff so I'm looking forward to reading the next couple of issues hopefully it just keeps um, surprising us um, as we go through so if you're looking for something you know out there to, to, to read that you know I mean in this day and age we've probably read almost every single thing that we can or variation of um, this is a cool variation of um, that Superman Doomsday kind of thing, which is great. So, yeah, uh, Project Patron from Aftershock. Pick it up if you're interested. All right, awesome. Those are the three that I have for you. There were others um, out this week um, that you might want to check out as well. Uh, Silver Coin was another one, um, which I have. I just have not had a chance to read it yet. And then, obviously, the stories that I'm reading, like Nocturna 2, Nocterra 2 came out. Um, ENIAC 2 came out. So, yeah, there's some great reads out there. Make sure that you... Uh, Go and support your local comic shop. Um, if you're ever in Fairlawn, New Jersey, in uh, North Jersey, definitely check out The Joker's Child. That's where I get my comics. They have a ton of stuff 
um, there that, that um, any comic fan would love. So yeah, um, cool. If uh, you want to be a guest on the show, as always, remember you can reach out to us. Just go to AmazingActionComics.com slash podcast and just fill out that form. Uh, we'd love to have you on if you want to you know, promote anything that you have going on. Every Friday we'll have uh, any spotlight review for you. And then whenever we film on, uh, or yeah, whenever we podcast on Sundays, Mondays you have a creative spotlight. So until then, we have some really great stuff that we're working on in the backgrounds. As always, we've got probably a couple of weeks before we're going to make an announcement. But we have some stuff coming to uh, local comic shops. But in the meantime, if you want to, check out AmazingActionComics.com for some of those details that we'll be revealing over the next couple of weeks. Until next time, my amazing peeps, be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing.